Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street off Brown. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Raise one right now. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned, student-staffed destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 90. WHIO. Now here's your host, John Bedell. Hey, Flyer fans, what's good? Dayton Flyers were tonight, 83-70, a winner over the George Mason Patriots. It's the century mark for the class of 2017, 100 career wins and counting. And on the season, Archie Miller and his UD Flyers are 22-5 overall and now 13-2 in A-10 play. And for the time being, all alone, a half game up on the VCU Rams atop the A-10 standings. John Bedell, UD Hall of Famer, Keith Walskowski, and you here tonight, Flyer fans, for Flyer Feedback, live from Flanagan's Pub. Uh, Keith, this was one of those games where you, you felt a little nervous coming in. Uh, it was a Mason team where they had to avoid stepping on the RPI landmine. They did that, um, and they did it in, I thought, much more convincing fashion than uh, what we saw Saturday against the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Yeah, Mason came into the game. They had been playing uh, uh, very well recently, um, and, you know, just one of those things. You don't want to have a letdown game this late in the season, possibly looking ahead. You don't want to do that. You, you can't... Uh, you can't have a loss and you can't play to lose either and I think uh, at times it almost looked like we got a little comfortable but I don't think that we ever came out playing like we couldn't lose I thought we were aggressive at the beginning of the game we just didn't have some shots fall and uh, you know it was interesting every time I, I looked up thinking you know any minute now we're going to get real hot and blow this thing open we're still shooting 45 percent so it wasn't like we were doing terribly uh but we were doing just enough to let them let them hang around for a while there was a couple times keith where i thought like at the break they were up seven dayton was i felt like throughout the game dayton was in more control than the scoreboard would indicate i thought they were in far more control than a seven point lead at the break um and to my earlier comment i don't i don't mean to compare george mason and bonaventure because let's be clear about this. Bonaventure is a better team than this Mason squad, but it's a Patriots team playing probably better than its record indicates. They're five points away from a seven-game winning streak. I think they had a a three-point loss to Rhodey and a two-point loss to Slew, and let's keep in mind this is a Mason team that's lost twice to that awful St. Louis team this year. Really, really bad. Uh, But you and I were talking before the game, Keith, and we were saying, would this team come out with the foot on the gas at to go? Because Saturday, Keith, I thought the Bonnies really knocked the Flyers back on their heels, and it took UD a while to recover. I didn't think that was ever really the case tonight. No, I I didn't either. I I felt as though Dayton really was out there. The the effort, the intensity was up from the beginning. Uh, Like I said, they just had a couple shots that didn't fall. Good looks. They just weren't going down. Um, And, yeah, I felt the same way that – we were in control of this game the entire time and you know there were times that it was like all right guys let's go it's time to really open this thing up a little bit and then bang run we're up 10 we're up 12 yeah. uh late you know we would go up 20 but then there were other times like, okay we're good and relax a little bit they creep back into the game and uh, i think second half alone mason went on two separate nine nothing runs which uh yeah. you know sandwiched the 20 nothing run that we had in there so uh, we had a good working margin i think they were comfortable and you know the good thing was is is with a margin like that and with the comfort we saw a lot of bench guys contributing in this in this game too and uh important down the stretch getting guys some rest but also getting them some confidence stepping up because you never know what game it's going to be the right tonight it was george mason it may be a vcu game where we someone gets in foul trouble and we 
we need yeah. someone from the bench to step up and contribute. And, you know, a game like this gives them a little bit of confidence to do so. And John Crosby. John Crosby? John yes, Crosby. Of all people leading the way tonight. As Larry said, he's a kid that uh, his, his confidence has been on the struggle bus as of late. But Keith, he had himself a night, a career night, quite literally for John. 12 points, five boards. And the most important thing to me, he didn't turn the ball over at all. Zero turnovers for Crosby. He was our player of the game here at uh, AM 1290 News 95.7 WHIO. And a couple times, Keith, to speak to their attitude tonight that I thought it looked like they might have been in trouble. A couple different points that I took down in my notes. In the first half uh, early with like 10 and a half left, so about halfway through the first frame, George Mason took their first lead of the game at 14-13. Boom. Dayton responds with an 8-2 run. They get back in control. They're up 7 mm-hmm. at the break. Then... The Patriots cut it to 1-48-47 with about 13-30 left in the game. Next uh, ensuing UD possession, Cook three ball. That sparked a 9-0 run that ended up being ballooning out into a 20-0 run led by John Crosby driving that run, basically right. uh, fueling that run uh, in a big way. Uh, and so they, they, if there was times Dayton was uh, getting in trouble, they just, boom, foot on the gas and a nice run to cushion out that lead again. And, and I, there's good things and there's bad things about that. I really like the fact that when they kind of buckled down and said, let's get serious, and we would go on a run and we would blow it, you know, blow it up a little bit. Um, the thing that I don't like is when they got to that comfortable level that they let it affect their defense. And it's at that point that they can't let it affect their defense. Uh, your offense, you can run through a few more sets, uh, use a little bit more clock, be a little bit more selective with your shooting, uh, maybe not push as hard in a fast break, be a little bit more under control going to the offensive end. But your defense always has to stay there. Yep. And when you watch when we went on these runs tonight, uh, I, we blocked a lot of shots tonight. I don't know what the final stat was. They had eight blocks tonight. Total. It, it felt, seemed like a lot more than that. It felt like even I'm more sorry, than that. I'm sorry, nine. Nine, nine. Blocks. That's Well, that's all they gave us credit for. It felt like it was closer to 12 or 13 Didn't because they, they were blocking a lot of shots. And as is the case for all season, Dayton is at its best when they're turning that defense into offense. And off of 17 George Mason turnovers, I think they ended up with 29 or 30 points, um, which is, you know, an incredible defense to offense stat, getting out, running on fast break, converting those opportunities. That's when we're at our best, and we just need to make sure that the defense is always there. A couple ways for you to get at us, Flyer fans. You can tweet me on the tweeter machine at WHIO. You can take advantage of the Bud Light mic, or you can call us up at 457-1290. And to the phones for the first time we go tonight, to Lynn in Beaver Creek. Lynn, you want to talk about seating for the tournament. What's on your mind tonight? Well, first of all, go Flyers. It was a wonderful game. I'm so glad they won. But I did hear on ESPN that they are projected to be a nine seed. I do not understand the seed process. Can you briefly explain it? Sure, and we thank you for the call here, Lynn. And, uh, yeah, they're they're pretty much, wherever you look, they're on that 8-9 seed line, which, Keith, doesn't make a whole lot of difference because you're playing uh, the one seed either way. It's an evenly matched uh, game, In the yeah. second round. Uh, so, right now, Bracket Matrix has them in an 8. Uh, they're in an 8.27 average. Lenardi, his bracket he released on the 20th, so his most recent bracket, he's doing Monday, Thursday now. He's got them as an 8 seed. Jerry Palm is the one that... Uh, 
it's kind of a head scratcher. Palm's opinion on this stuff is not to be ignored. He knows what he's doing, but all of a sudden, after a two and zero week, he had them from an eight seed to all of a sudden a ten seed on the bubble. I don't know what Jerry Palm's doing this week. USA Today has them in as an eight seed. Um, Lynn, the committee looks at a whole bunch of things. They look at RPI. They look at strength of schedule. They look at your last 10. They look at do you win your conference. And, and Keith, all the, the people that uh, know far more about than I do in terms of what the committee's tendencies are, people like Lenardi and company, they've got Dayton just solidly for the last probably four or five weeks now just hanging around that 8-9 seed line. Yeah, I think uh, right now Dayton is, is in the position that if they, if they stay the course – they're in, but they can still play themselves out. Um, so, you know, not necessarily a lock yet. Nothing's guaranteed. Uh, but we have to continue to win games. We have to continue to take care of our business. And I, I think that's kind of reflected in all that. And I think the other thing to keep attention is, obviously, we, we pay attention to Dayton and, and mostly Dayton. And all those other guys are keeping track of all of the other bubble teams and conferences and who's trending up and who's trending down and who may bump other uh, mid-majors or other at-large teams off of the bubble. And so maybe that's something that went into uh, Ken Palm's um, yeah, rating Jerry there. Palm, man. It doesn't Jerry help, Palms, too, that yeah. your, your best win two times over Rody. Their season has gone completely off the rails. That's right. not helping your resume at this point. we got a break for news. So Tim and Beaver Creek, Ben and Zinia, hold on the phones. We'll get to you after the break. Flyers winner, 83-70. John Bedell, Keith Walskowski, and you here live from Flanagan's for Flyer Feedback. It continues on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. On air, online at WHIO.com and at the WHIO app. The home of Fox News and the Miami Valley. Your news starts now. It's 9.30. I'm Christina Casal with an AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO News Update. A fatal shooting on Huffman Avenue tonight. Police are on the lookout for a suspect. I'm Chief Meteorologist here, Raquel Well. I'm tracking the threat for fog and its impact on the morning commute. Details coming up. From the AM 1290 News 957 WHIO 24-hour team traffic center. Things are looking good on the freeways, but expect traffic around Edwin C. Moses, UD Arena, and Stewart Street. And now our top story. Dayton police are looking for a man they describe as armed and dangerous after a fatal shooting on Huffman Avenue tonight. We have a male in his late 30s who's been shot to death. Uh, We do have a named suspect, but we do know who we're looking for. Apparently, these two individuals got into an interpersonal dispute inside the residence there. And at one point, the suspect pulled out a firearm and shot the victim to death. That's Lieutenant Mark Ponatera. Police have issued a broadcast for 28-year-old Justin Walter Larison, who was last seen leaving the residence on foot. To Springfield now, where the mother has been sentenced to five years in prison for child endangerment. 24-year-old Darian Carter cried out after she heard her sentence. She pleaded guilty to two counts of child endangering after she waited to take her son to the hospital when his skull was fractured and he had broken ribs. That's WHO's Catherine Collins. She says Carter didn't plead guilty to assault. The judge said in court he believes that the, that she did cause those injuries. A federal appeals court has upheld Maryland's, Maryland's ban on 45 assault wep- weapons and a 10-round limit on gun 
magazines. The Fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond, Virginia, ruled that the banned assault weapons are not protected by the Second Amendment, describing them as weapons of war. Dayton's 24-hour news is AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Continuing news now. Well, panda fans have said bye-bye to Bow Bow, the giant female panda from the National Smithsonian Zoo in Washington, boarded a customized FedEx plane called Panda Express at Dulles International Airport in Virginia, bound for her new home in China. Zhu Hong of China's Office of Economic Affairs was at Dulles, saying the U.S. may see Bao Bao's future babies. She could have, uh, uh, in her whole life, will have uh, five to six uh, kids. Some of them may be back to USA again. Bao Bao is heading to China as part of a cooperative breeding program between the National Zoo and China Wildlife Conservation Association. Here's the exclusive Storm Center 7 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Eric Elwell. Still a chance for a passing shower or some sprinkles as we head through the night. Also, patchy fog expected to develop uh, after midnight will be the main concern. Temperatures fall off to 51. That fog could impact that morning commute tomorrow before burning off midday. Some patchy drizzle in the morning as well. Some improvement in the afternoon, a high of 66. I'm Chief Meteorologist Eric Elwell at the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Let us scan the live Doppler 7 HD radar. It is showing some scattered showers, light rain uh, from Troy down through Dayton and all across the 70 corridor. Right now it is 56 degrees in Springfield and 57 in Dayton at 934. If news breaks, we break in immediately. I'm Christina Casal in Dayton's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, the home of Fox News. We report, you decide. There's no try. There's no maybe. Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm Val. From CJS Heating and Air. Ask any of our hundreds and hundreds of clients. They'll tell you, CJS means yes. Karen's furnace isn't heating. Can we get her warm again? Yes. John has an ancient furnace that needs replacing. Can CJS get it done? Yes. It's the middle of the night and you wake up in an ice box. Can CJS get your home warm again fast? Yes, absolutely. We don't know maybe. We don't even know try. Because CJS means yes. To keeping you warm. And getting it done now. Same price. Night or day. Never extra charges to pay. For fast response from our neat, clean CJS technicians. In fact, if a CJS heating and air recommended repair doesn't fix your problem. You pay nothing. Yes, it's on us. So, even if you don't need us right now. Remember when you do. CJS means yes. You call. We come. It's fixed. Because everything we do is all about you. He's Jim. She's Val. We're CJS Heating and Air. Dot com. Hey, WHIO listeners, Sergeant Mark here. Sergeant Mark Bauer in the WHIO Traffic Center. You know, I've been on the air here for 32 years, and this station's been around since the 1930s. I, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who solemnly swear, swear, swear. That's a long time, and we couldn't have made it this long without you, our listeners. So we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on our radio station? They have the best talk personalities. Breaking news. Breaking news coming in this hour from Afghanistan. Traffic report. I'm seeing cars stuck all over the Miami Valley. Weather, school closings. WHIO is the news leader and has been for many years. It has the best local news. If it's important to Dayton, we're talking about. I've always listened to them and I always will. We give you the best breaking news, weather, and traffic. It's simply the best. This is Shepard Smith. You're listening to the Miami Valley's home for Fox News, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO, Dayton's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. 
You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, Flyer fans, welcome back into Flanagan's Pub, the best Irish pub in the history of ever. Your Flyers are streaking. We're going streaking! Seven games in a row. Now, Archie Miller and his Flyers, Keith Walskowski, 22-5, 13-2 for the time being. All alone atop the A-10 standings with a half-game lead uh, over the VCU Rams. They play, of course, one more time a week from tomorrow night on senior night at UD Arena. Uh, And Keith, tonight the Flyers, we should mention, because it's worth mentioning, that they have now clinched a top-two seed uh, in the A-10 standings to finish the regular season. And as a result, uh, they've obviously clinched a double bye in the A-10 tournament, so they will now play for the first time in Pittsburgh Friday afternoon of that Wednesday through Sunday tournament. They won't play for the first time until Friday. Depending on their seed, whether it's one or two, they will play either at noon or 6 p.m. for the first time that Friday as we head to Pittsburgh and PPG points per game arena. Uh, in Pittsburgh. For right. Obviously, obviously that helps because you have to play less games in the competition, a little bit extra rest, playing against teams that are yes. a little bit tired, and hopefully this uh, is the point in all tournaments, uh, giving yourself the easiest path to the championship, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to take advantage of that. 457-1290 is the number of Flyer fans, or you can tweet at me, at WHIO. We may read your tweet on the air. Going back to the phone lines tonight, we're going to go back to Beaver Creek and talk to Tim. Tim, it says you want to talk about Kyle Davis. Yeah, um, hi, guys. I thought it was a very good game tonight for the uh, bench players especially. Uh, John Crosby looked good. Um, of course, Kyle Davis looked really good. And uh, I, I still just I cannot figure out for life and why Kyle doesn't start. And I, I know the whole Daryl Davis thing where supposedly he plays better as a starter or whatever. But uh, just think if Kyle is out there more often, how well the team would play. And uh, like I said, for the life of me, it's, it's hard to understand why he doesn't start. And I know Archie well, has his reason. I'm sure he does. But uh, he, he just, in my opinion, you know, they look so much better with him out in the starting lineup playing as many minutes as possible. And I don't think well, that he's, you know, you can't use the, the excuse that he's hurt. I don't see that. If he's hurt, I want to be hurt like him. You know, because he looks 100% to me. Um, but if you guys can have an explanation for it, I'd love to hear it. Well, he's not hurt anymore, Tim. And I gave you my two cents when you called about this a couple of games ago. So, Keith, or the last game on Saturday, Keith, I'll let you take it this time. Well, uh, uh, Tim, uh, I'll give you a story. How about we, how about we go with a story? Answer? Story time uh, with Uncle Keith. Well, yeah, story time story with time. Uncle Keith. Right. Give you a little a little bit of, uh, of of my career going back to high school. Um, you know, I was not the most highly touted recruit uh, ever in in Dayton's history. Um, and you know, as as in a I have the ability to brag a little bit now being a, a Hall of Famer at Dayton. But even so, going back to high school, I did not start for my high school team until my senior year. And even though I was on the high school team uh, playing significant minutes my sophomore year, my junior year, there were there were players that were in front of me that were uh, that were older but not necessarily better. Uh, but in that situation, I believe the coach realized that I was a little bit more mature and it meant less to me to hear my name called at the beginning of the game uh, as opposed to actually winning the game, contributing minutes, contributing uh, to the team, to the ultimate team goal of winning a game, winning a title, advancing in state tournament and all that. Um, so I didn't start in my sophomore year. I didn't start in my junior year. Yet 
after three, four minutes of the game, I went into the game and then I never came out. I was always in at the end of the game. I was always in in the meaning uh, in the meaningful minutes, and you know, different players coming from different backgrounds, having uh, different uh, emotions, and that. You know, I think Daryl, and this is not a knock on him, but Daryl gets a little bit more motivated and has been playing well as a starter. I think Kyle ultimately, as a senior, realizes the ultimate team goal is he's had a lot of success. Uh, you know, won a hundred games in his career now, and has advanced, has had better tournament success than anybody in recent days, Dayton history. And he wants more of that, and he realizes that he has to do uh, he has to do what Archie is asking him to realize the ultimate team goal of winning another A10 championship, possibly an A10 tournament championship, and advancing even further in the NCAA tournament. So Kyle is on board. Kyle has bought into what Archie Miller is preaching, and Archie came out and said that you know he thinks he Daryl is playing better right now. He's motivated. He is really into it on defense, and I think if you really pay attention to what Daryl's doing, he is he is playing his best defensive basketball uh, of his career so far, and it's really really helping the team out. And you know, I, I, another Uncle Keith story. Same thing happened. Uh, I believe it was it was Yante Holland's senior year. He came out senior night. Obviously, got the start for being a senior. Uh, played really well. I think he had like 20, 24 points or something like that. We go to the A10 tournament, and Coach Purnell comes to me and says, "Hey, Keith, uh, Yante obviously played really well. We're going to try to catch lightning in a bottle here. Yep. See if we can't start him again. That seems to work. Absolutely, Coach. That's why you're paid the big bucks. You know what you got to do, or, or, or what's going to work. Um, and you know, we buy into the system. And, and as a player, you do what you're asked, no matter if you're uh, in at the very beginning of the game or you're in after the first media timeout or if you don't get into the second half. Uh, whenever you're in there, you play as hard as you possibly can. And I think you see that from Kyle every single every single time, that every single second he's on the court. And, you know, for whatever reason, Daryl's been a little bit more motivated. So you're going to ride that train right now while you can. And as long as it's going to be successful, you know, we're riding a, what, six, seven-game win seven streak right now. So, hey, I'm going to keep riding that train. And, and my I, thing I, is, I, too, that – go ahead, Tim. Um, I just don't think you can attribute that to, to Kyle da- or to Daryl Davis. Uh, Kyle Davis has been your man for for three or four years now, and he's been starting these games. And he started the, the games at the beginning of the season, and he gets hurt, and it comes back, and he's you know, 100% healthy, and he doesn't get his starting job back. Doesn't seem right to me. But like I said, well, I can tell you. It's the coach. You know, the coach wants – yeah, he sees uh, how Daryl is playing and that, that uh, kind of, you know, puts catapults him to the starting lineup and he stays there. And it, well, and it's how Kyle's playing it, – it's how Kyle's playing too, Tim, because I can tell you knowing Kyle, he doesn't give a rip about starting. And this – the genesis of this rotation was born out of Kyle Davis getting hurt, yes. But now that he's healthy, it's a situation where if it isn't broke, don't fix it. They're, they got a really good thing going now. Daryl's got – Daryl's playing better with his confidence. Uh, and Kyle, you're only you're only playing him four less minutes, Tim. It's not like he's playing, you know, he's coming in it's, at, you know, 10, 12 minutes into the game. He's coming in at, before the under-16 timeout, and he's a kid you can plug and play anywhere. It doesn't matter if and I don't think you're playing. I, if you really look at it, I don't think he's actually playing four less minutes in the game. He's still uh, playing the meaningful he's, minutes. He's, he's playing the same number of minutes. They're just they, – they've shifted a little bit later into the game or a little bit later into the first half. And if you watch the, watch the rotations and – 
compared to foul trouble and who's playing and who needs breaks when, he's still getting his minutes. Daryl's still getting her minutes. The, the, I don't think the actual minutes per game for Kyle Davis has decreased uh, more than it should have with Daryl playing the way that it has, the way that he has. And what a defensive curveball coming out. Four minutes into the game, you got your top scorer going a little bit. Here, boom, how's this? Here's the top defender in the conference coming at you off the bench. Yeah, starter, right. starters right. going to the bench, and it's going to get that much more difficult for you. Yeah, I, I would, you know, I, I would hate to have to face that. I would expect it to change uh, Wednesday night, Tim. He'll start on senior night just because it's senior night, I, I would uh, guess. But outside of that, I don't expect to see this rotation go anywhere anytime soon. Hmm. Well, I mean, by that same logic, does Crosby start the next game? Uh, well, so no. I, I see what you're doing here, um, but unfortunately, and and that's the that's what you need with guys coming off the bench. And I don't think Crosby necessarily is going to all of a sudden start playing 25 minutes a game, but. If he's able to produce like that, maybe his leash, his leash gets a little bit longer and maybe he's able to give Scoochie Smith a little bit more of a break. So instead of Scoochie having to play 35 minutes in these games late into, his, late into the season, that Scoochie can only play 30 minutes, maybe 29, 28 minutes, and, 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 and we don't have a significant drop-off in their production or in taking care of the ball uh, and, and what we need from our point guard leadership in, in uh, that part of the game. So uh, does John Crosby, is he able to earn himself some more minutes? Absolutely. It ultimately, is Scoochie Smith our point guard? Is he going to play in all the crunch time minutes? Absolutely. But at the same time, he does need a little bit of rest. You don't want to wear him out. You don't want to get sure. him so exhausted that that he can't perform. And I think you see a little bit of that in some of our tougher games. Uh, you know, the, the Northwestern game going all the way back to Chicago, one that comes to mind uh, significantly. I mean, Scoochie's absolutely worn out. And when it comes down to crunch time, like when, you're, when your point guard, when your leader doesn't have legs, when he's not able to to fight through some of the exhaustion because his backup can't uh keep himself on the floor for a while then you know obviously we've got problems and and being able to have guys play at a significantly high level for extended periods of time uh you know you got to take it rather than having you look at george mason right now right we went on a 20 to 20 to 0 run in the second half they looked like they kind of wore out late in that half right would you agree with that tim that george mason looked a little bit tired Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we wore, we wore them down with our constant offense, with our constant defense. And if you look at their stats and who plays the, the minutes in their team, their starters, everybody, every one of their starters plays more than 27 minutes a game, which is a lot of minutes. They're not getting yeah. a lot of production from their bench. And I think if, you, if they were to get more production from their bench, maybe they'd be able to uh, beat a team like St. Louis. Right, right. Yeah, I, th- I thought the bench played well, and I thought Crosby in particular played really, really well. And if we can get you know, get that kind of production out of him in the next few games, I think it's going to be great. So, Absolutely. Anytime nice we get that kind of production off the bench, I think that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a good thing. And, and i got to say something about Cunningham, too. I thought he played really well. I think, I think it's going to work out really well that Cunningham spells Pollard, you know, and gives him a break, and, and it gives him some quality minutes in there. Yep, exactly. All right, well, thank you for the call, Tim, here on Flyer Feedback. To the Bud Light Mike we go. We're going to stay in Beaver Creek. Everybody is from Beaver Creek tonight. Jerry, what's on your mind? Well, John, I want to say it was a great effort by the Flyers tonight. And I've got three primary takeaways. First of all, the emergence of John Crosby as as a bona fide backup for Scooch. Second one is Josh Cunningham showing some flashes of his previous performance early in the season. But the last thing is that twenty to that twenty to zero run. If I'm not mistaken, the starters were not on the floor during most of that. Is that correct? That is correct. 
And so I'm saying, I think with Kyle where he's at, and I think Archie has put together basically two teams yeah. that mesh together well and can be pretty dominating to anybody. I mean, there's no relief when you when he pulls one team off the court and puts the other one on. The oppo- the opponents have not much relief. Oh, that's that's the goal. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I think it looks good. Yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, I think that it does too. Uh, as far as John Crosby being a, a bona fide backup, I think you have to have a little bit more consistently than just than just one good game. But that's the type. That's what we're looking for. And you know, the biggest stat, while his points tonight were very meaningful in this game because it sparked the run, the biggest stat for him was zero turnovers yeah. because that's where he's really struggled uh, this season. And you know, the other thing, he got into the lane, made a basket today, a tough shot into the lane uh, after penetrating and he struggled with that as well too so if he can take care of a few of those little things take control of the ball or take control of the ball distribute get them into an offense get to the right the the right guys into the right positions to shoot and score then i think he, that's when he starts earning himself more minutes i have i have high hopes that john's going to do like zerius did out in anaheim the zerius williams that came out against New Mexico was a totally different series Williams that played against Nebraska. Right. And he came of age right there that one day. So that was that was awesome. Uh, go Flyers. That's right. Go Flyers. Sometimes all you need is a few shots to fall. That's right. Thank you, Jerry. Go Flyers and go America. Hat tip to my buddy Adam on the Twitter machine. Back to the phone lines we go to Ben and Xenia. Ben, you want to talk about John Crosby. Welcome to Flyer Feedback, Ben. Thank you very much. Yes, John Crosby did a great job, but I hate to take a left turn here, but I'm going to have to after Tim. Okay, That's okay. We took several left turns a couple callers ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take the words of the uh, you know one of the greater quarterbacks out there right now and uh, Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. Okay, just relax. <laughs> he's paid okay. to have a job. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's done this before. And uh, he moves pieces here and there, and you might wonder why, but that's why he's where in the position he's at and why we're here listening or watching. So just relax. I like the way you think. Yeah, and then when it comes to tournament time, again, relax. All things will work itself out, and we'll see where we end up. You know, those are all guesses, and they're guessing just like we are. So I have to take it game by game. So, uh, Tim, my word to you, relax. All right, guys, go Flyers. Thank you. Hey, thank you for the call, Ben. Appreciate it. And Ben's talking about taking a game by game. you got to do that with a tough road test here, Keith, on Friday Absolutely. at Davidson. It's That's not going to be a cakewalk. Uh, not an easy place to play. They'll probably have, as we've seen in previous years, they'll do their, their color out, probably a blackout. We've seen that in years past where everybody in the crowd's wearing black for the big get-up game at UD. But tonight, Dayton takes care of business. 83-70, a winner over the George Mason Patriots. The Flyers are 22-5 and overall and 13-2 and all alone for the time being atop the A-10 standings. John Bedell, Keith Walskowski, and you Flyer fans here for Flyer Feedback. The home stretch of it from Flanagan's Pub on the other side right here on the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, WHIO listeners, Sergeant Mark here. Sergeant Mark Bauer in the WHIO Traffic Center. You know, I've been on the air here for 32 years, and this station's been around since the 1930s. I, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who solemnly swear, 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 swear. That's a long time. 
And we couldn't have made it this long without you, our listeners. So we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on our radio station? They have the best talk personalities. Breaking news. Breaking news coming in this hour from Afghanistan. Traffic report. I'm seeing cars stuck all over the Miami Valley. Weather. School closings. WHIO is the news we'll hear and has been for many years. It has the best local news. If it's important to Dayton, we're talking about it. I've always listened to them and, uh, and I always will. We give you the best breaking news, weather, and traffic. It's simply the best. This is Shepard Smith. You're listening to the Miami Valley's home for Fox News, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. Hello, Kubo. What have you got planned for today? Come on, this way. Adventure can be found anywhere, but the best place to start is in the forest. It's the most powerful magic there is. Head outside to discover incredible animals. Wow. And beautiful plants that come together to create an unforgettable adventure. <laughs> So grab your loved ones and explore a world of possibilities. Visit discovertheforest.org to find the closest forest or park to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, Flyer fans, welcome back into Flanagan's Pub here on Stewart Street, the best bar in town. Flyers a winner tonight, 83-70. They are now 7-1 in the all-time series between the Flyers and the Patriots. And UD has now won the last seven in this series. They've also won the last seven overall. The Flyers are now riding a seven-game win streak and for the time being at 13-2 all by themselves atop the A-10 standings. John Bedell and former Flyer and University of Dayton Athletic Hall of Famer Keith Wallace-Kowski here with you Flyer fans tonight for Flyer Feedback live from Flannies. couple ways for you to get at us tonight. You can uh, tweet me at jbedellwhio. May read some of your tweets on air. I'm getting some tweets that are hilarious, but I can't say them on air, so thank you for those just the same. Shout out Dan and Clark County. Uh, to the phone lines we go, 457-1290, Allison and Englewood. Allison, you want to talk about Kyle Davis and I believe the uh, slight injury he suffered at the end of the game. Is that right, Allison, from my producer's yes. notes? Yes. And I believe, Allison, because uh, my note here is what happened, Kyle Davis. So I think Keith, he tweaked his ankle at the end of the game. Kyle Davis? Oh. Yes. Oh, Kyle Davis bumped his head and had stitches. Oh, wait. Somebody oh, – never mind. I'm sorry, Allison. We're going to go with Keith's answer on that one. Yeah, Kyle Davis come down the floor, picked his dribble up, uh, bumped into the guy. It looked like they just bumped heads a little bit. They took him. They had to take him out of the game because he had blood on his shirt. That's a big no-no. Uh, looked yeah. like they took him to the back and gave him a couple stitches right in his cheek, maybe two. Um, and by that time, there was a minute left the game. We had it in, under control, so no need to really get the blood jersey out or anything like that. Oh, all right. And then another question. If we do make sure. an NCAA tournament, who do you think that we're going to play in the first draft? Good question, Allison. We thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback. I apologize. I had the end of the Duquesne game stuck in my head for whatever reason. Gotcha. Thinking of the really nasty tweaked ankle there. So. Yeah. No, let's uh, stay away from that. Who could they play? Well, that's a good question, Allison. So uh, who wrote down some of the bracketology uh, for Dayton? Uh, and at least for – let's just have some fun with this, Keith. Lenardi has them as an eight seed. He's got them playing Miami from the eight seed. Lenardi has them projected the winner against Gonzaga. Jerry Palm has them as a 10 seed in his latest bracket. He has them playing, wait for it, the, the team down I-75 that shall not be named, Xavier. 
uh, as a seven seed. So Dayton 10, Xavier 7. Winner gets Oregon in Jerry Palm's latest bracket. And USA Today has them as an eight seed playing the USC Trojans. Uh, Palm also has them matched up with Gonzaga as the one seed. Uh, so we'll see. And it's always interesting because there's those change twice a week from here until the end of the season. Oh, yeah, and then it usually ends up being someone completely different anyway so if they say if they stay on the 8-9 line Keith and we talked about that throughout this show tonight and for the last several weeks if they stay on that 8-9 line you're probably going to end up seeing somebody from a power five conference or the big east uh if you're going to stay in that 8-9 line right I would, I would think and that seems to be what the talk is this year right now you got a lot of power five conference teams and you're looking at six seven eight bid leagues right yeah. there and so these they're talking even this year you're going to see more than ever teams that are yeah. sub 500 in their own conference but there's just a lack of quality mid-major teams to right. that are on the bubble right now so that's why they're going to towards these uh these power conferences so you know obviously that's one of the things that that concerns me why we really need to take care of business because i don't want to be overlooked by a power conference team even though they say that they don't necessarily look at that um but they do but they do. Branding. Yes. Let's yes. Make, yeah, let's make no bones about it. The committee takes yep. branding. You got a name on the front of your jersey. That that does carry weight. You got a brand, so to speak. Yeah, that carries weight on Selection Sunday. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, and obviously the the ultimate goal is to get Dayton to the point that that Dayton name on the front of your jersey yeah. carries a little bit of weight. And, and you put Dayton in a tournament somewhere, and they're going to sell some tickets, and their fans are going to travel, and you're going to get a little bit of madness with it. Yep. So uh, I would think, you know, to Allison's question, think, you know, a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team, middle-of-the-road ACC, mm-hmm. uh, somebody from the Big East possibly. You're not going to see a, a, another mid-major like, let's say, uh, you know, you wouldn't see a middle Tennessee state. You wouldn't see right. an Akron or a Kent State team out of the MAC in the first round. You'd probably see somebody middle-of-the-road from a Power Five conference. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, if, they, if they stay on that 8-9 line, we'll see where they end up. And Keith, certainly winning out and winning a regular season title outright would help. Uh, and speaking of that, they got a they got a chance to, or another step to take to to maintain that Keith because right now VCU and Dayton are locked into the one and two seeds in some order mm-hmm. in terms of you know the actual bracket, uh, but they do not have easy stretches down the road. They both have tough games uh, this weekend. I think uh, VCU a little more so than Dayton. Dayton's got a pesky Davidson team, right. uh, while VCU goes on the road to Kingston to play a very talented, but right now off the rails roadie team that they've really taken a, a dive yeah. deep in the wrong direction in the last two weeks. A loss to Fordham has just totally blown things off the rails for the yeah. Rams. A, a wildly talented team out there in Kingston but just a team that has not been able to put it together um, because it looks like Keith, these two teams are just yeah. coming they're in capable. heads next Wednesday, Dangerous. week from tomorrow yeah. with they won't have any more losses on their resume between now and Wednesday. Yep, but we can't you, you can't, you obviously you can't look afford uh, yeah, oh, yeah. to that game. You got to take care of Davidson first and we'll talk to VCU. We'll talk about VCU uh, Friday night about 11.30, hopefully. You got a team that can fill it up. Uh, Keith and Davidson, you got a guy like Jack Gibbs, who is, you know, all, you know, first team eight, first team eight, ten kind of talent. Uh, that's, that's a tough, it's, tough I mean, and, and you, Yeah, and you look at it, a team that can get hot like that, playing at home, you know they're, they're going to be gunning for Guard Dayton play. because you got the first place team coming in and a team that's good. So, yeah, they're going to do something something special with their jerseys or with the fans and, and try to make an atmosphere uh, to kind of steal a win from us and hopefully uh hopefully Dayton is able to handle the pressure and uh 
and and come away with a win and and fight hard and and not look too far ahead. Yeah. They came away with a win tonight. They took care of business. That's going to do it for us, Flyer fans. One more time, Dayton winner, 83-70. Our next game is Friday at Davidson. It's a late tip, so our coverage starts at 8 with the Bud Light pregame show, and then Larry and Bucky have the call from Davidson at 9. We will see you on the radio Friday night, Flyer fans. Until then, from my partner Keith Walskowski, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody, and go Flyers.